Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skill Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NIA and NJCAA to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This 10-minute, 100-shot test can be taken for free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. What coaches or leaders do you follow closely? You know, I, I have several here. Some aren't even basketball-related. But, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I think about people who've influenced me even years ago. Like, I was a big John Maxwell fan years, and I still love Maxwell. But I remember the, some of the very first books that impacted me were John Maxwell books, like the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Um, you know, going back a ways, I mean, I remember reading him fresh out of college, which has been a while. But I would say today, I try to connect with people that I kind of know on a more personal level. Not that I don't love a good John Gordon book or something like that, but I would say, you know, for example, uh, my good friend, Kevin Carroll, Kevin's an assistant coach at Lipscomb and his, the way he attacks leadership is just really phenomenal. He's an excellent communicator. You know, his kind of you know, go-to is like, live your legacy. Like, Think about think about the end. Think of the end in mind as you make all your decisions, whether it's as a player, as a coach. Like if you're a player, when you walk off that floor for the last time, there's a good chance it won't be in a championship game. There's a good chance your career will end with a loss. You know, yeah. but what do you want that to be like and feel like, and what do you want your relationships to be like? Um, so Kevin Carroll is one that you know I've really learned a lot from over the years. And then I would say I know he's a popular name uh, now. But even Phil Beckner, um, you know, Phil spoke at last year's clinic, and he and I have stayed connected and, and speak uh, every once in a while and text frequently. But, you know, his Be Better, Be Different kind of slogan, that was what we did for our, our team this year. Um, it's, it's simple. It, it's concise. Um, it doesn't really have a lot of explanation behind it. You know, it's just like Be Better, Be Different in every situation. And that was, you know, we wore Be Better, Be Different shirts for our pregame. Nice. And um, I just – think that you know guys like that that i can connect with um and these guys put really great things on social media so if you're listening kevin carroll phil beckner and obviously phil beckner you know he's really blown up with his training and his work with you know pros but like his stuff is really really relevant you know and then i I would say outside of basketball you know andy stanley he's the pastor at north point i love you know as, as a christian you know i appreciate you know christian values and what he brings and then you know, as an economics teacher, I love I like Dave Ramsey. I mean, you know, I look at Dave Ramsey, I look at Andy Stanley, two completely different communication styles, but yet it's all about taking ownership of your actions, a lot of it. Um, so those are, you know, some people that I really uh like their leadership style and their communication style, and they just they just put things in a way that's easier for me to grasp and understand. And I use a lot of their slogans and things with my players, they may not even know it. Obviously. Be better, be different is one from uh, Phil, but um, you know there's a lot of great leaders out there and a lot of people out there who put this into action, you know, on a on a on a daily basis. Yeah, going back to that first one that you said about leaving a legacy and thinking, yeah. starting with that in mind, like I think that's so powerful because 
most of us high school coaches and some, and most colleges now are we have just finished our season and yep. so we've said goodbye to the senior class and now the juniors are in our mind or eyes are seniors now like literally tomorrow I'm, I'm gonna sit down with this group of seniors during lunch and we're just gonna talk about what you want your next season to look like but I, I think framing it around that legacy piece like that just puts you on a really good path because it's more than state championship more than wins more than points individual accolades it's about something bigger and that's really what we want our guys to hold on to oh i agree 100 percent. and i think and those of us who teach and this should become fairly simple for us you know a lot of our administrators and things like us to do things in in reverse you know uh what was the uh, backward design lesson plans was popular years ago. You know, you really went to that final test, that final exam and went backwards from it. Well, the same thing we do in basketball and also relationships. Like if I want my relationship with my players or, or they want their relationships with each other to be meaningful and valuable and maybe have some lifetime friendships and they're but at least good friends while they're in school, what do we need to build on a daily basis to get there? And, I, and Kevin has another line. I'm, I'm not going to get it completely correct talks about you want to have a, a full funeral or a packed funeral because you impacted lives. Like he really thinks to the end yeah. of like <laughs> on this earth as well. Like when it's all said and done, will people come to my funeral because I impacted them? And and hopefully the stories they, they say isn't like, oh, he was a good coach. Or he was funny. Not that stuff isn't important, but hey, he impacted me. He helped me make some wise decisions. He taught me some leadership skills. And a lot of times the things, that we want to teach players don't really show up till maybe after they're years away from us. That's right. We're just planting seeds in the moment. Right. right. I th- yeah. I think that's the common misconception I had and still struggle with is, you know, we always want to build these lifetime lessons, but in the moment it's hard with teenagers, Yeah. you know? So if we can get them to teach, just think about the end in mind, it could be something small. It could be the end of this week. It could be the end of, your freshman season, it's hard to get a freshman to think about the last game of their senior year. Let's be real. So we've got to just incrementally build this. And by the time they're a senior, I believe it'll all click. And then as they deal with their freshman teammates, you know, they can deal with them and communicate them in in a better, uh, more positive manner. I love getting to hear different activities or conversations that they have with their teams. And what you said about, you know, thinking about that funeral yeah, for, for these young people, that just seems so far away. Like, I don't know how old you are. I just turned 40. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sitting around thinking, golly, like it's closer than, than it used to be. Yeah. But for these players, I, I was listening to Tyler Costin at PGC grad school years ago. Uh, he was running it. I was one of the, the coaches helping him and uh, mm-hmm. directors helping him. And he had all the players and, and staff write down our obituary and I'm going through this writing things down and not really realizing the common thread between mine and everybody else's in Mm -hmm. the room was not about wins not about money not about success all those things it's how did I treat people how do I want people to remember me that's a powerful activity for players to get to go through Absolutely. And I think those moments, we need those moments to really think about the bigger picture, you know, because we're so on the daily basis, paying bills, being a husband, being a dad, being whatever, a wife, mom, whoever's listening. Uh, But sometimes it's good to just sit down and think, all right, what's the bigger picture here? 
you know, my season's five and twenty. I'm twenty and five. Wh- whichever, but is the my goal the same with what I want into the, the season? The relationships, the impact on the players, the impact on the parents, the how the fans see the how the fans view the team, how we impact the student body, like all those things that, you know, I don't know if we really sit quietly and think about or even discuss with peers too often. Yeah. And we get so busy. It's so busy just going yeah. from one activity to the other. Yeah. And I think, oh, what do you, what do you feel like is that relationship between talking about legacy and in the end, but also yeah. that relationship between them focusing on what's right in front of you uh, uh, winning the day. What's the relationship yep. between those two? Well, I think with teenagers and maybe it's maybe it's all of us. <laughs> um, we just have to really think about like go into every moment. How do I say this? Go in every moment with like the mind with your mindset already there. Like, don't just be like, all right, I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to go to a game. Like. You need to be thinking, how do I want this practice to be? Like, if I make every practice a really good practice, then I'm going to live my legacy and 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 be a really great practice player or get the most out of my – or get better 1% every day, whatever you want to do. I think you need to have some type of, like, your mindset, your motives. Like, why are you even playing the game? Like, I always say it to players all the time. Like, what if we were going to 0-25 this season? Would you still play? I mean, really, like, I would I – I'd still coach it. Big deal. May they? Well, if they fired me, big deal. It's out of my control. But like, if you knew we'd go twenty-five and over, zero and twenty, or whatever, like you'd still all play, right? Yeah, we love. The, okay, so that's kind of like why, like why, the, why do you love the game? Is about the friendships, relationships. I think, and I do think a closer, more connected team will will connect uh, to maybe an extra win, an extra one or two wins for sure. Yeah. I think just having the positivity, going to the locker room, knowing you've got each other's backs. Um, and all that stuff, I, again, it's hard to think about the legacy thing in the moment, but when they're on their senior night, when the games are, or they just are the freshmen in college thinking back to their, man, I wish I was playing basketball right now, all that stuff. And hopefully they have not regret. They have a bunch of positive thoughts and feelings and, and not that it shouldn't be easy and it shouldn't have been tough and they shouldn't have, you know, been coached hard. But I think that they think back like, all right, it was worth it. The sacrifice, not being able to have a job, being busy every Friday night, not being able to, you know, you know, busy every Thanksgiving, Christmas. And it's kind of like what coaches think about. Like yeah. it, it was worth it. It was worth it. And here's why. It, it, what an interesting question to ask. I don't think I've ever asked a team is, would you still play if you knew that you were going to go 0-25? And yeah. it, it just immediately sent me back. Not many players – ever have a season where they actually know at the beginning that the end isn't going to be what they want. And, and so I played ba- uh, basketball at Baylor from 2000 to 2004 going into my senior year is when our program, and you'll probably remember it well, when our program completely fell apart, mm-hmm. uh, yep. teammate shot and killed other teammate, uh, new coaching staff lost 10 teammates that summer. Coach Drew comes in, it's going into my senior year. And so, we were told before that season started that no matter if we had been really good or not, we wouldn't get to go to postseason. Like literally mm-hmm. there was an ending to our season before it ever began. Hmm. And the regret that I have is that I struggled with that for a long time. It wasn't until midway through the year that myself and our teammates really like, what's the purest 
motivation of why we play, it's to compete. Yeah. It's our five versus their five. And once we did adopt that mentality, man, we're like we we had six players, six scholarship players to play against Kansas, all those big schools, and we actually did amazing things. And so yep. I love that question to ask a team. I've never thought about asking them that before. The cool thing is actually uh, have experience in that, and, and yeah. which I think is kind of rare, but I didn't mean to launch into that whole thing there. Just the connection between that question and what I went through, that's huge. Yeah, no, I mean, your experience is obviously unique, and you have a a, a great story. And you, you can connect that better than I can with players uh, for sure. But I think I think that's a valid point because I know that all these coaches – and I've done it, and I'll do it again sometime. But I think that you know, you, you we get up there, and we talk about championships, we talk about not winning any home, not losing any home games, and your big rival. But you may not, you may just be the least talented team on a nightly basis. You may lose two guys with ACL tear. You may have, like, you may really bust your tail and lose a lot of games. And no one wants to hear that. No one wants to admit it. You can be really well coached, and you can bust your tail and night in and night out. You're facing college-level dudes, and you don't have any, and you're just going to struggle in the win-loss column. That doesn't mean you didn't compete just as hard. You may compete harder. Yeah, You might be better coached. You may have kids who are more coachable and practice harder. And I don't think anybody wants to admit that, but it's true. You can do everything right, and it may not reflect on what the parents and administration care about with the wins and the losses – so I think we have to have realistic conversations for those of us who are at schools that we're not rolling out college-level guys. And, and you know? the, the beauty of, I think, the brilliance of what Coach Drew did that year, and I think the challenge for a lot of us that might be in those situations is changing the definition of success. 100%. That's not, it's not just the – if it's only the state championship, well, then 99.9% .9 of all the other teams were a failure. Right, and, and we have to sometimes success is showing up every day, even when it's really yeah. hard and overcoming adversity. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.